This is the Behind the Micah podcast, where we discuss Jesus, community, and everyday life. I'm your host, Micah Stephen, and our goal is always to take people from where they are to where they need to be. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Behind the Micah podcast, and uh, I am excited today. This is episode six of season two, man, and i uh, got a great friend with me today. He comes to us from Rising Sun, Indiana, the Rising Sun in Indiana, uh, Nathan Pelahowski. How are you doing, man? Good to have you on the show. Man, thanks for having me. It's awesome to be here. Season two, episode six, huh? Yeah. You made it. Yeah, you know what? It's it's funny how some of these guys, like I had a friend on here um, in season one and he was like, dude, why am I episode 19? Right. Like, I don't know how I didn't make the top 10. And I was like, dude, it's not, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Like I, I didn't pick an order. It's just like, most of the time it's like, who's available. And if you right. can do it, uh, I got you on the show, Matt. So it's awesome to be here, dude. Yeah, man. So, so, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta tell you, man, I think the first time that me and you met was in VV, Indiana. Uh, and we were at a place called Roxano's. And uh, do you remember that? You remember the first time we met? I vaguely do. Dude, I think I it was, I think it was, uh, you know, I think I was uh, trying to get you to see if you were interested in a thing that we used to do, which you were familiar with, uh, because I had you come speak at it, but status conference. Right, yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, at the time I was in the area, I was in Southeast Indiana. Um, I was preaching in Versailles. And, uh, and man, I was like, man, I keep hearing great things about this church and rising sun. Um, and so, man, I, I was like, I got to connect with that guy. And we ended up connecting. I think we ended up connecting at, uh, at Roxanos and Vivi was kind of in the middle. And right. uh, if anything, man, we had good breadsticks anyways. Yeah, they are good. They are good breadsticks. Dude. Uh, but, but yeah, man. And then, uh, right before the pandemic hit, man, we were doing the status conference and, uh, had it, it got, you know. Uh, you came and spoke uh, one of the sessions for me. You knocked it out of the park, man. It was it was awesome. Uh, but man, yeah, we we've known each other probably for I would say probably at least, a, you know, three years or so. And, uh, you know, and uh, so tell me tell me a little bit about how you got into where you are, um, how how you got into here you are preaching in rising sun. Um, well, before you tell me that, actually, tell, tell me how things are going, man. How, how are things in rising sun, Indiana? Yeah, uh, they're, they're good. You know, I think we're struggling like everybody else. Um, but what I, I feel optimistic. I, I know it's kind of weird optimism because um, numbers are down and other things are down. But it's it just there's when people come here on Sunday and we have our events and, and just church and we're meeting together. It, it seems like it's one of the few times of our lives that are, are it's just kind of full, full of joy. You know, people are happy and, and they're here. And it's like this breath of fresh air where we can come and worship God for an hour, an hour, 15 minutes. Uh, so that's been really fun. Um, we, you know, we just hired a new staff member, so we're excited about that. And, and, and he's rolling, he's a youth minister, so he, he's rolling and rocking. And uh, it's just awesome to have a team together. So I think things are going pretty good. That's awesome. You know, man, um, I uh, know a little bit about, you know, growing up in Southeast Indiana, um, I, I had so many, uh, people that I, uh, went to maybe church camp with or something there from, from rising sun, uh, played sports against rising sun, uh, growing up. And, uh, they have this thing in rising sun, which I, I have never been to called the Navy bean festival. Yeah. The Navy bean, man, you gotta go. <laughs> is it, 
Is that where it's at? I mean, is that the is that the thing in Rising Sun, the Navy Bean Festival? The Navy Bean Festival in October or the card show in July, man. Okay. And then on top of that, it's they have this huge catfish tournament okay. um, throughout the year. So catfish brings a lot of people in, but the Navy Bean, man, that, that's where it's at in Rising Sun. <laughs> that's the happening thing. I remember uh, the, the thing in Versailles is still the pumpkin show. Okay. And, uh, and, and so I maybe equate that to Rising Sun's Navy Bean Festival. Probably. Uh, and you know what? Uh, what's really funny to me is there is a place um, that uh, a friend of mine told me about in Kentucky, which is right across the river from Rising Sun, I believe. But uh, you ever heard of a place called Rabbit Hash, Kentucky? Oh, yeah. I ride my motorcycle over there. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> that is a that's yeah, that's a definitely a motorcycle hub. Right. That's where it that's is. where a lot of people ride. You know what, yeah. man? I um I went over there one time because somebody was like, "Man, you got to go check out this. It's kind of this cool little. I don't I don't even. Would you even call it? A, I guess it's a town. Maybe I don't. I don't know what you call it. It's a unique place. <laughs> yeah, I went over there and my car broke down. Oh, that, <laughs> a horrible place to break down. Yeah, because yeah. like getting a tow truck down there is horrible. Like you can't. It's it's oh, almost okay. impossible to get a, a tow truck down there. But is that right across from Rising Sun? Yeah, so we have a ferry that goes right there now because the casino. Oh yes, yes, yes. So you know the you ferry. Could, yeah, I take it all the time. It's a lot easier, man. It it cuts from like a forty-five minute ride to to like ten minutes. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, you know, one that- time one time I went there and uh, I, I want a Harley, but I got a Honda. So we went there one day. And my <laughs> my best friend here has a Harley. Yeah. And uh, so we go over the rabbit hash, and you know we're, we're uh, just chilling. We come, you know. T- typical guys well we get there dude i don't know what's going on that day yeah. but there's probably 100 150 just like bikes everywhere man like yeah. i never felt more out of place because they're looking at my little honda they're like man what are you doing here <laughs> <laughs> you know what man you're you're uh you're enticing me because the longer my mentor and, and one of my best friends uh he he's a huge harley guy Okay. and uh for years he keeps he's been saying hey man you need to get a bike you need to get a bike you need to get a bike i get one and i haven't done it yet so Maybe that's next on the agenda. You gotta get you gotta get the wife approval first, though, man. She she's gotta be cool with it. Does your wife wife ride on yours with you? Yeah, luckily her dad grew up, so her family's used to it. So she was all in on it, man. Okay. Yeah, so that helps. What is there? A, is there like a restaurant over there or something, or like a, is it just like a little? There's bar a general or something. There's a general. There's a bar, um, yeah. and then there's like a general store they can go in and. Okay. You know, a lot of people ride over there and they, they buy a beer or something or buy a pop and just yeah. chill and hang out. Um, other than that, there's not much there. So, you know, when I when I was broke down over there, I for whatever, I don't even remember what it was. It was so long ago. But, uh, man, I got my car started like for a second. And I was like, dude, if I can just keep it started and get to the top of this hill, because when you come in at that time, there was no ferry. Right. So I was coming in from I don't remember. I, was, I think I think I had to get back to Madison where I lived. Okay. And, uh, which was a pretty decent drive. And um, I was like, man, I got to get, at least if I can get the car to the top of the hill, it'll be easier to tow. <laughs> and uh, so I got it started, man. And I was like, if something jumps out in front of me, I'm just driving. Like, I don't, yeah. I mean, because I got to get, you know, so no, this is a true story. I got, um, I got coming home to Madison. I got to the top of the hill and uh, I was coming out of there and a deer jumped out in front of me. I'm not kidding. And I just kept hitting the gas. Like I just, I smoked the deer and just kept going. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, my buddy that was with me, he's like, dude, you just smashed that deer. And I'm like, I have to get like, my car is going to break down, man. I got to get home. If I let off the gas, it's going to die. So <laughs> the deer has to die instead. instead of deer, man. You got to count the cost. <laughs> well, I mean, it was like one of those, it was like one of those things where like, you know, you, you can, you could stop um, maybe like, cause it was, it wasn't like I saw it there from way at a distance and it right. just stood there. Like it, it did kind of, ju- but I, I, I maybe could have missed it or maybe not hit it as hard. Uh, but it was like one of those things where I was like, I just, I just hammered on it. And actually, I think I had another buddy in the car behind me, like following me, make sure we you know, didn't break down. And he like later on was like, dude, I saw you just smoke that deer. And like, <laughs> yeah, anyways, that's my, that's my rabbit hash story. That's a funny story, man. Right. Rabbit hash. I, I try to tell people about it because you know, I'm not a Hoosier nat- naturally. Like I was yeah. not born here. Yeah. Um, and then I tell people they're like Southern Indiana. And then you tell them about rabbit hash where the dog's a mayor. Like, they don't believe you, man. Like, how do you how do you even make that up? <laughs> That's awesome. Um. So, all right, man. So, so here you are. You're preaching at Rising Sun Church, and um, man, tell me how you got here. Like, what? Like, well, first tell me where you where you're from and how you kind of got into preaching and that kind of stuff, and then and then you can kind of tell me how you ended up at Rising Sun. Yeah. So like I said, I, I'm not from Indiana originally. So I am from a small town in Illinois. It I call it Northern Illinois, but it's a little South of Chicago called Hersher, Illinois. Okay. Uh, so um, that's, you know, originally I'll get to how I got here, but uh, I started kind of going to church when I was in sixth grade. Uh, growing up, I lost my dad from a, a driving uh, accident, dr- dr- drinking driving accident. So uh, I, I was kind of searching for like a father figure and a place to belong. Yeah. And, and I found a lot of belonging in sports. And in sixth grade, um, the new youth minister in town actually was the coach um, oh, named, wow. Tyson, named Tyson Graber. Um, and he invited uh, the team to church. Um, eventually I went and then I, I never left. And Tyson has become a, a great mentor of mine and uh, still talk daily. And so he kind of got me involved in church. So I tell people basketball and Jesus saved my life uh, yeah. all the time. It's, I need both of those. I needed both of those, but uh, so I started going to HCC and developed a relationship with Tyson. And I didn't want to go into ministry, and he kept telling me, "You're going to go into ministry someday." And I'm like, "No, not going to happen." You know how that goes. Like, yeah. dude, that's the last thing I want to do. Like, I want to be rich in life. I don't. I don't want yeah, to be that's, what was, that's what I was thinking as a teenager. Um, but things played out, and uh, Tyson went to Lincoln Christian uh, University. Yeah. Yeah. So, or LCC then he's a little older. So LCC. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, I applied, uh, to a bunch of other colleges. Nobody accepted me except Lincoln. So I was either going to go to KCC, which was community college yeah. or Bible college. So I decided to go to LCU and, uh, you know, met my wife there and it was, uh, uh, had some struggles growing in the faith. Uh, cause I'm not from a faith family. So yeah. it kind of had some ups and downs to it, but eventually, um, after college, you know, I graduated and I needed a job. So I literally feel like I've interviewed all over the country. And Rising Sun was Rising Sun Church Christ was the last interview. And I told my wife, like, we're going because we scheduled it, but I don't want to go there. Like, yeah, I'm basically it's one of those things. God send me anywhere but Rising Sun. <laughs> but then I got to the church and it was actually funny. You said this. It was during Navy Bean Week. Oh, wow. So it made the community seem a lot more active and bigger than it was because all yeah. these were in there. And uh, I, I walked into church and started talking to leadership and and saw the community. And um, number one reason I wanted to go into ministry is 
you know, obviously spread the gospel, but I wanted to go to a church where I felt like we could make a real impact in the community and, sure. and not just be another church in the area, but be a church that could actively be reaching people who don't go to church. Yeah. And I felt like of all the places that God had placed in my heart, that RSCC uh, was that place. So reluctantly and the last place I expected to be uh, was Rising Sun and we accepted the offer. And that's a short yeah. version of the story, but yeah. that's how we got here, man. That's awesome. You know, uh, Rising Sun, um, like I said, my, my wife, she worked, she worked there for a while um, in the nursing home there. And I think that might've been her favorite place. I mean, just a cool community, man, where yeah. a lot of, a lot of really good people right on the river. Um, yeah. It's beautiful, cool, man. Cool it's, little town, man. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a unique little town. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, eight, we've been here almost eight years now. So started off as the youth minister and then Yep. Led in this position. So this is my wife and I's home. Like this is where we call home, you know? So we've been here, we got married in July, uh, in January yeah. and we moved here in February and we didn't know anybody. So we've been here. This is our home where we've grown in, into as a couple and, uh, and we awesome. love it here. Yeah. And now you're, you're getting ready to be a dad, which is incredible. Yeah. First baby coming in a, a couple of weeks here, man. October 12th yeah. is when she's due. So it's, it's wild. Well, so here's the thing, right? You can't you can't pass on your LeBron James love to your children. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna try. I mean, I mean, there's gotta be there's gotta be something there where you just say, look, um, you know, I can't keep going with this stuff. It's you you know my thoughts on LeBron. You you know my thoughts on 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 that. But I, I don't know, man. I I don't I mean, see it like you do. Everybody's entitled to opinions, even if they're wrong, dude. Yeah, so uh, I hear you. I hear you know, you. it's it's not a very <laughs> it's not a very popular opinion. But it, <laughs> I guess maybe in northern Ohio it is, and and yeah. I mean he's he's popular. I, yeah, he, oh yeah, he's popular. But uh, now, yeah, uh, to, he hope, he'll be done, you know gone and done playing by the time Natalie, our our daughter, will, will be here. So she won't even care about that. Yeah. Well, you'll you'll turn into. Uh, kind of how I, I am with Jordan, right? I mean, with, with me, it was like, I, I still talk about Jordan, the Jordan heydays and stuff. Right. And when your daughter's here, you're going to be talking about LeBron and yeah. and yep. she's going to be like, LeBron's old, you know? Yeah, yep, exactly. You know, exactly. it'll yeah. be the, whoever the next guy is, right? Yeah. yeah, there's always somebody next. It's true. Hey, so uh, that's awesome, man. So so how many years would you say now you, you've been in ministry? Ever said, Was Rising Sun the first place? I mean, yeah, you got, you know, you, you help at places during, in college and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I served over summer in ministry. So, you know, maybe together doing that 10 years. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. That's awesome, man. A decade. Did you ever think like, like if this ministry thing doesn't work out, like what you'd be doing if you weren't in ministry? Uh, I mean, yeah. was, there, I mean, was there ever like a thought in your mind, like, because look, man, I'll just be honest with you. Like there, there have been thoughts in my mind for sure. Oh, yeah, um, what, do, do you, did, what would you be doing right now if you weren't in ministry? You know, that, that's a great question. I, I don't know. Um, I don't think uh, what I wanted to do was I either wanted to be a the, the generic, um, I think, jock answer in high school is a history teacher who coaches sports. Yeah. So I wanted to do that. Uh, but the other thing I really wanted to do and uh, kind of what some of my friends and I said we would do in high school is we wanted to be police officers. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I always wanted to be a job where, because Tyson impacted my life so much and, and um, the church did. And there's people who came into my life and my story that helped me get to where I am. 
Yeah. Um, I wanted to be in a position where I could give back and do that in some capacity. And I felt teaching, you know, preaching or being a police officer, you could do that. And, and they're all different, um, but I wanted to just be able to give back and help people. Yeah, that's so. good. Um, does your wife work somewhere? I mean, obviously right now she's going through pregnancy and all that, but does yeah. she, does she work or does she, Yeah, she does. So she is, uh, she got her master's in mental health counseling. Oh, cool. So she, right now she works at CMHC community mental health in Lawrenceburg. Okay. And she is a team manager of about 20 people or so. And, uh, she really works on the, she kind of leads the, the therapist or the, I don't know what you call them in school therapist. Yeah. from CMHC. So like in VV and Rising Sun and Lawrenceburg and South oh, Dearborn. Cool. So she's in charge of them right now. That's awesome. Managing them, yep. And she's doing what she loves. She's doing what she loves. Yeah. That's great, man. That's awesome. I'm happy for you guys, man. That's, that, man. Uh, man, that's one of those things where uh, ministry sometimes, ministry is a great thing. Okay. Yeah, you know that, but, but there's also times where, you know, um, if I'm, if I, if, you know, especially if I'm being honest, like with the times we've been through, like there's, there are days when I'm like, man, do I just want to like go work at Walmart from nine yeah. to five and, and be done? You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause there are days when, you know, and, and it kind of goes with, because, because honestly there are things and you know, this in ministry uh, and it's not just exclusively in ministry, but I feel like it's especially in ministry is there's a lot of people who like to grumble and complain. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know that you've ever experienced this and I'm certainly not asking you to call anybody out personally on here. Uh, you can, uh, but if somebody listens, man, uh, but man, I, I, I have, I have a crazy amount of stories of just, man, just, I mean, there've been times when we had like a, an amazing service, right. Where people like, were giving their life to Christ. I mean, we saw people getting baptized at the end of the service. We saw, I mean, everything just flowed smooth and, you know, and then you'll hear somebody say, Hey, you know, great service and all, but it was, it was actually horrible because, you know, the lights were too dim. Yeah. There's always a, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that was awesome, but you know, and I'm going, is this, is this really happening right now? Right. Like, but you know what, if I'm being completely honest, um, and my wife is really good about pointing this out in me, like I'm very quick to look at other people and say, man, all they do is whine and complain. Yeah. Like, but then I find myself whining and complaining a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just you know about I mean? other things. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know, like, like having to sit in line at a, uh, at a drive through you know, and I'm like, what the heck is taking so long, man? Why do I gotta, or, uh, I like to complain in traffic. One of the things I complain about, and I, I feel like this is justified to complain about is, uh, the guy who's in the line at, um, the gas station and he's buying all the lottery tickets and he's scratching them all off right there. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> I kind of want to just push him to the side and say, Hey man, go do that somewhere else. Cause I got to pay for my stuff. Yeah. Dude. One of the things I complain about here and I, and I talk about it all the time preaching is, uh, you know, 56, right. So for, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's one, there's one way in and one way out from rising sun to the rest of the world, basically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, going to work out in the morning, every morning, man, you know, you get stuck behind the speed limit is 55. 
Yeah. And I swear, I mean, you got people 35 to 45 and, <laughs> they, you know, in a small town, they know your car. So I always joke. That is why I don't have an RSCC sticker. Yeah. On my car. yeah. Because man, I'm going nuts. I'm just complaining like all the time, like that road 56 slow drivers, like it gets you so fired up because there's only one way in man. And the speed limit is 55, but for whatever reason, nobody drives it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I, I find myself uh, complaining a lot over the weather. Um, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I like. I like it the way I like. I complain a lot in the car um, because my <laughs> wife, she wants the heat on. Like, I feel like, you know, it's 95 degrees outside. She's freezing cold. Yeah. You know, like, hey, turn the heat, which in one of our vehicles, we have the dual climate. So that saved our marriage for sure. Yeah, there you, go. Um, you know, but but, you know, I, I find myself complaining a lot about a lot of different things and whether it's justified or not, I don't know. Um, I think back to like, I went to, um, besides Bible college, I, I, I also went and uh, studied history. Uh, okay. You were just talking about that at yeah. IU. And um, I, I love history. And so when I was a kid, when I was a boy, I, th- I think I remember it was 1993. I went to Eastern Virginia to this place called Williamsburg. Yeah. And it's like this colonial, like tourism spot, right? Everybody dresses up like they're from colonial America. And, and at the time when I was a kid, I absolutely hated it. Like (laughs) all I did was complain to my parents the whole time. This is terrible. Why are we here? I'd rather be on a roller coaster, right? Or I'd rather be swimming or something else. Right. Um, I've had a lot of those moments where I've complained. Um, you know, Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. Right. So essentially what you say with your mouth is coming from your heart. Right. And um, certainly there are times where maybe you've said something. I know that I have where I, I look at that and I'm like, man, where did that go? Where did that come from? Like, right. and, uh, and Jesus would be like, I know. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Heart, man. That, that, that's where it came from. When people do that all the time, maybe you've heard people say, I don't, I don't know where that came from. Right. Yeah. I'm reading this book right now. Um, I can't remember who wrote it, but it's called the thing beneath the thing. Yeah. And it, it talks about that idea, like your triggers and like, it obviously, so it's a, you know, a minister wrote it. It's for like, whatever, there's something inside you that's bringing that out. So like, yeah, you, like you said, you know, from the heart, you know, it's coming out of your mouth, but that's, that's triggers that bringing it out in. You know, like I check myself all the time. Why am I just last night, me and my wife were getting an argument about something. I'm like, why am I so upset about this? Yeah. Like, why is this coming out of me? You know, what is, what's triggering this though? Yeah. I, I, you know, I think sometimes we, um, we're good at putting filters on things. Right. And so we learn to put it, we learn to put a filter on things that come out of our mouth. We learn to do those kinds of things, but, but every once in a while, it seems like something will poke through, right. You got that little, something will pierce through that filter. And, and it will be directly from where your heart is, I think. Right. Do you find, this is kind of a random question, but you know, I, I find in ministry, uh, sometimes we, we wear these filters, you know, cause we have to, we feel like we have to, um, do you ever find sometimes because you, 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 I don't know, it's because you're expected to say a certain thing or act a certain way. Do you feel like all of a sudden just sometimes like out of nowhere, like what you're talking about, it just comes out. Yeah. I think there's a point, especially that you get to, because in ministry, you have to always take the higher road, right? right? And 
some people use that as a license to say whatever they want to you. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, there are things that uh, people have said to me or maybe people that I have, you know, friends and ministry where I'm like, I could never get away with saying that to somebody else. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people know that. Right. right? And so they're like, I can say whatever I want and you can't because you're the preacher or whatever. Expected to take the, you know, the turn the other cheek, take that high road. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we should do, but that's, you know, that's exactly what we should do. Yeah. But like, we don't want to, <laughs> I mean, well, right. we're human, right? I mean, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I, I tell people all the time and it's not that I, I don't uh, practice what I preach. I, I try to, um, right. you know, but at the same time, I'm also uh, a sinner, just like everybody else. And, um, you know, and I always tell people all the time, because sometimes people get, yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe you've experienced this, but sometimes people get weird around you when they find out what you do for a living. Oh, I mean, all the time. It's like a conversation killer, dude. Yeah. It's like, it's like, what do you do? And and for a long time, man, I would just tell people I'm, I connect people. I'm I, like, that's what I do. I connect people. And I do, man. I connect people right. to Jesus. I connect people to each other. Right. Um, but, but, you know, when you say like, Hey, I'm in ministry, I'm a preacher or, uh, whatever. Um, people like get weird and they're like, yeah, my, my grandma went to church or, yeah, you know, like just weird, like, or they'll ask you to pray. Like every time you're together, like, Hey, yeah. you're the preacher. So you got to pray. Or they've been swearing the whole conversation and then they apologize. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's oh, you're a preacher. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. It's so weird. But, but yeah, man, like I always tell people all the time, like, you know what? I put my pants on the same way you do. Right. Like, I don't have superpowers. I can't like bring people back from the dead. I don't have any of that kind of stuff. I just, I'm just a follower of Christ and uh, I want other people to know about that. And so, um, but yeah, I I think sometimes it's, it's hard because, you know, uh, we do, we do have a higher stand. I mean, a higher calling. I mean, I think, you know, I think of times when I come out there and and sometimes it makes it harder to preach too, because maybe I got something going on in my life and I'm out there trying to tell people like, Hey, you need to respond this way, or you need to act this way. And then in my own life, I'm going, man, I'm really struggling in that area. Right. Yeah. It makes it hard sometimes. Yeah. You know, and when it comes to complaining is something I, this last season of life, I think for everybody, just an easy time to complain. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's negative people complaining. So what I started to do is because when I first started leading ministry at 25, I let everything get to me, every complaint. Like I took it personal. I would get mad at people. And then, you know, my wife being a counselor is basically like, why, why are you upset? Why is that? So I started when people complain now, it's, they're, they're, it's going to complain. And like you said, it's like, it's the, it's the service that was awesome. You just preach on love or forgiveness. And the first thing they do is they come and complain. Right. So now God's playing it, playing it out. You need to apply what you just said literally in the five seconds after you got off the stage. But so I started trying to figure out why are they complaining? Right. So, so what's going on? Some people just want to be heard. Right. So their complaint is they, they feel like they don't have a voice. They want to be heard about something. Um, some people are just negative, you know, yeah. some people that's just their, you know, MO, that's what they like to do for sure. You know, some people, um, they're just trying to get through to you for whatever reason. And some people, you know, some sources it's, it may feel like a complaint to me, but it's actually someone who loves me and I respect and they're trying to get through to me. So like that, that's helped me a little bit because that complaining, 
it used to get to me all the time, man. Cause like you said, it, it, it's everywhere. Like mm. we just had someone, we, we released these shirts this weekend yeah. and it wasn't, it wasn't the color they liked, you know what I mean? So they're, they're yeah. on me right after church. I'm like, dude, I'm not Coles. Like, yeah, right. I find these bulk from Sunday. Cool. Right. You know, yeah. trying to get them cheap as possible. And it, it's just, it's everywhere, man. Man. You know, I, I think I've just learned that um, someone once taught, taught me that, you know, the best thing to do a lot of times when you hear complaints is just squash it, right? Don't fight back. Don't push back. Don't let it crush you, but just uh, let it go in one ear and out the other, right? right. Just, just squash it. And that drives people crazy because I think sometimes when people com complain, they, they want you to respond. They oh, want yeah. you to react. They want, they want you to know, Hey, I just, I, I want you to hear me on this. Right. And, and uh, you know, I think, in a respectful way, there's a lot of times where I'm like, okay, cool. You know, and, and, and that's it. I mean, that's where I, I, I have learned, this is my 16th year, um, yeah. in ministry and I'm, I'm slowly getting really thick skin, you know, yeah. where, and you have to, you have yeah. to, where I'm getting to this point now where, um, you know what I, I hear people, but at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, man, I'm, I'm a dad and I'm a right. husband and yeah. I, you know, I I'm, I'm just trying to raise my family and right. trying to tell people about Jesus. And, you know, there's some people, man, they just, they want, like you said, they want to be heard or they, you know, and it's usually over stuff that just doesn't matter. Like, right. It's always over stuff that doesn't matter. You know I mean? Like, like, and I, and Aaron Chambers used to tell me, he said, said, Hey, uh, he would say, he would always say, Hey, um, is this a hill you're willing to die on? Right. Like, yeah. is this, is this something that you're, is you're, you're really willing to die on? And honestly, like at the end of the day, probably eight out of 10 things that I hear complaints about is not a hill I'm willing to right. die. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's just, like you said, it's that process. Cause when you start at young, you like, you want, it, it does hurt. And then you, you yeah. have to grow into it. It's like, God, you know, it's that God changing you and molding you and shaping you. And it's, it just yeah. takes time. Well, you, I mean, you, you want to respond. Like when you're younger, you're, you're right, man. Like when you're younger, I want, you know, there was, and I'm sure I did respond and it bothered me, man. And it ate at me. Yeah. Um, you know, now I'm at, again, now I'm at the point now where I'm like, I don't really care to be honest. Yeah, I just kind of, I laugh at some of them, man. It's like, dude, this is so crazy. Like one was on the, you know, we all kind of had to go to the communion cups. Yeah. And everybody in the planet can agree on one thing. Those are nasty. Like they're yeah. not good. For sure. And like, you know, so then when I get this message about like how it's like we're, we're, we're making, we're disgracing, um, you know, communion and yeah. all this. I'm like, bro, listen, I understand those cups stink. Like the, yeah. they're disgusting. Like, I don't know, you know, and it, it's just funny what people complain about. Like we've chosen to take those cups. Like we personally sit in our offices and make them, <laughs> you know, it's like we get it, man. But it's like, it's all over the board and uh, the thick skin. And I'm sure with you, uh, kids give it to you straight so that they'll give you this thick skin real quick yeah yeah for sure um you know and of course you, you hear that from that side of it too i i was reading um it's a really good book that bob russell wrote called after 50 years of ministry i don't oh, know yeah, if you've read that, that or not but it's it, it was it, i love the story that he told in there about um one of the chapters that things that he would do differently is he'd pay yeah. less attention to the to the critics Right. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he talked a little bit about how um, they moved the Sunday 
Christmas service to another part of the building, the fellowship hall to make it more intimate. Yeah. And, and, and there was like an older couple who lost their minds. Like we can't have it in the fellowship hall. It has to be in the auditorium. Like that's where the service has to be, you know? And he's like, so we decided anyways, it'd be a little bit more intimate if we did it in the fellowship hall for, for Christmas, right. Or Christmas Eve or whatever on a Sunday. And so um, they did. And he said that one of the people on staff went into the auditorium with the lights out, the lights were out in the auditorium, but there was this older couple sitting in the auditorium during the service that day on a Sunday. And he said, he said, the, the person that walked in said, Hey, told the couple said, Hey, we're actually meeting in the fellowship hall. And he said that they had tears in their eyes when they responded and they said, we're aware of that, but we think that this is where the Lord intends his people to be on the Lord's day. <laughs> and, and Bob says, and people ask me why I retired. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, man, like I look around our world and all the problems that we have in our world. I see like the stuff going on right now in Afghanistan. I right. see the people who this whole COVID mess and, all the man, and, and, and even more importantly than all of that, man, I see people on a daily basis um, that are lost without Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and I, I look and in the grand scheme of things, I go, seriously? Like, it reminds me of this story in the Old Testament uh, in Exodus 14, where Moses has just taken the Israelites who have been slaves in Egypt. You know the story. Yeah. Right? And um, when I, th- I think of complaining, I, that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind. The right. Israelites, they, God has delivered them. Uh, God sent 10 plagues, you remember, to Egypt. He uh, parted the Red Sea so the Israelites could go across. He drowned Pharaoh's army who chased them across it after they reneged on on letting the people go he feeds the people when they're hungry with manna like bread from heaven right and 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 he gives them water from a rock uh i mean he's providing for them he, they've, they've got clothes that never wear out yeah. and 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 yet the israel lights they, they they do the same thing that we always do they whined they complained they griped actually Verse 11 and 12 of Exodus 14 says, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Yeah. He says, what, what have you, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. Right. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like, dude, he, like God just delivered you from, like one of the worst case scenarios, like you have been in slavery and, 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 and I can, I can't imagine what that's like, but it couldn't have been better than what they were in right now okay. where, where God has provided for them. Um, and not only like, has he talked about providing for them? He's actually shown them like, Hey, I'm going to feed you with bread from heaven, like from the sky. Right. It's and, crazy. Yeah, it's better to be slaves, they thought, to them to be, you know, free with Moses. And it's just, 
it, it's wild. It's like whatever it, it kind of shows you with that, like whatever you focus on is going to get your attention, you know, what? and they're so focused on everything else and the, the complaining and grumbling probably different lives than what they thought they were going to get. They probably thought there is going to be something much better. And yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And, I, and I think about this is like you're saying, like we got all this thing, these things going on in the world and, you know, right home here, you know, in your community, my community, you got all these people who don't know Jesus every single day and we pass them. <clears throat> and then what are we doing on social media? Like we're out there and, and I'm going to say like uh, Christians sometimes are the worst at it, man. Like, yeah. it's like, we're on there and we're so negative and we're so nasty and we're complaining and we're, we're politics and we're COVID and vaccine and not vaccine. It's like, if we took a fraction of that energy and, and just put it towards reaching the people around us for the gospel, I mean, yeah. imagine that impact. Like, that's what I think it's like, it's so crazy just how much we focus on the negativity when really you and I, we should be walking billboards of what it means to live in joy. And you know, Absolutely. we're, like we're, we're falling or broken. We're going to complain as well. But like, that's what people should see that, that, Hey, those are followers of Christ, man. Look at how joyful they are in the midst of all of this. Yet they hop on Instagram, Twitter, and they're like, dude, they're so annoying. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah I mean, I, you, you see, you see that all the time, you know, and, and, and we do, man, we, we complain about everything. We complain the parking's bad. Um, you know, a good one in church is uh, the music's too loud. Um, the lights bothered me. Um, you know, uh, we nobody played my favorite song. No song, yeah, no hymn. Um, you know, some people, if you take it out of the church realm, I, sorry, you guys who are listening to this, man, like I, that's what I do, right? So, um, but, you know, uh, we, we have people who uh, maybe complain about, uh not being married like hey i can't find the right person or my house is too small yeah, money's too, too tight old. yeah car's too old my boss is a jerk um hate my commute to work you know yeah, something like that yeah, yeah yeah you know and and uh you know other things like you know my wi-fi is too slow or it's not working well, uh that's a real one around here man yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like you know, I get it. And, and I hear that because I'm, I am one of those people, right? right. I'm, I'm yeah. a, I don't know that, that I, I do it so much on social, social media. Um, you know, because I also know that that's just no bueno for people who are listening right now. And, you know, I, I think complaining on social media is horrible. So don't take, don't, nobody wants to see your problems on social media. Okay. Let it be fun. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing you can complain about is sports like I do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's a lot of times the reason why that we complain is because we've, we've lost our focus, kind of what you were talking about. You know, we, we've lost, you know, perspective. And Paul says in Philippians chapter two, and uh, I love this verse, refer to this verse a lot, even towards myself. Right. Paul says, do everything right not not some things not most things not you know a fraction but do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of god without fault and a warped and crooked generation that's that's a powerful verse man do everything without arguing and complaining and i'm like dude I look back this week and I'm like, I don't know of, you know, a week where I have went a whole week without arguing and complaining. 
or at least one of the two. <laughs> yeah, right. Or a day, maybe. May, I was going to say daily. Yeah. Um, I think if we can like change our circumstances, we should, right? If, if there's a chance for us to change, you know, the circumstances that we're in, we should change it, right? If we can, if we can change it, but, but if you can't change it, maybe, maybe we need to change our focus, right? Change, change our perspective. Like you said, man, um, you know, think about like what it could be. There's a song that, uh, are you a country music fan? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I'm, a, I'm a big, big country music fan. There's a song by Tim McGraw called Grown Men Don't Cry. Have you ever heard of that song? Yes, yes. And I, I was just thinking about this. So I looked at the lyrics and he's like, it's Tim McGraw singing. So he, he's richer than all of us probably listening. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And he's like, all morning I've been thinking my life so hard. And, they, and he saw this mom and a little boy and they wore everything they owned living in a car. He's like, you know, then just like shifts his focus. Like here he is in a suburban living his life. And then there's you know, a mom and a boy living with nothing, living in their car. And it's like, I think we get so caught up. Like you said, we should like, Hey, if you have an old beat down car and you want a new car, man, work to get that if it's possible. But in that process, like what benefit does it bring you to complain yeah. and be negative about it? Like it, it, it doesn't change anything. Um, uh-huh. Except makes you no fun um, yeah. to be around. Right. Nobody wants sure. to be around a negative person. And uh the, the focus is so hard. You know, I think later in Philippians, he's like, you know, focus on all these things in chapter four, whatever's noble, whatever's praiseworthy. Yeah. Like, shifting your focus, you know? And yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, if anybody had, if anybody had reason to complain, it was Paul. I mean, Paul right. was a guy who spent time in jail. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was mocked, you know, he, all these different things. And yet right. Paul's sitting here going, Hey guys, um, and, and not that he was perfect. Uh, Paul certainly wasn't Jesus, but you know, I think about like Paul's telling people, Hey, do everything without arguing and complaining. Right. And I think the reason that Paul said that was not because Paul was a know-it-all, but I think Paul realized like, Hey, you know what? Perspective is everything. Yeah. You know, like your situation may be bad, but it could be worse. Right. And, and I think about like, you know, just this week, and 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 this is a really touchy subject, so I'll I'll go really really soft into it. But, um, you know, I heard a lot of people complaining about like we had a um, so this abortion thing that happened in Texas. I don't know yeah. if you saw any of that, which I don't probably know all the details because I don't watch the news. It makes me angry or just uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, sad, um, annoyed, all of the above. Yeah. Um, but. I saw people like saying like, Hey, it would be better to be a woman right now in Afghanistan than in the United States. And I'm like, you don't mean that. Right. Like you really don't mean, I mean, like, I don't think you really know what it's like to be a woman in Afghanistan. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, gosh, like (laughs) I think, I think, if you think about it, there's always going to be someone that has it worse than you. Yeah. Especially if you're in the United States. And I know that there's some, there's some, some jacked up stuff in the United States as well. There's kids that are in really bad home lives and that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not downplaying that, but, but man, like a lot of us, we complain about no air conditioning in our car. And it's like, dude, there are people overseas that just wish they had a car or a, yeah. Yeah. Or a pair of shoes, you know? Yeah. 
you know, and, you know, I think about the perspective thing and if I can share a personal story real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, you, you mentioned to me and my wife are having our first baby. Um, we've been trying for four and a half, five years, you know, and, and, and so like that was all that consumed us basically. And like, that was, well, I don't know, I can't speak for her, but like, that's what I wanted so bad. And yeah. um, in the meantime, you know, other things are going well at church. We got a new car, we got, you know, we got a house. But nothing was good enough because I was so focused on like I've since my dad died when I was nine years old, I always wanted to be a dad. Yeah. And like it, it just stole. I was solely focused on that. And so one year is not that bad, but two years becomes negative. Three years, like nothing. Four years. OK, that's a long time. Four years, a long time. Yeah. Get to that five year mark, you know, and it's like I look back and I'm so thankful for what God's given us now. Um, it, you know, in the baby coming in October, but I was like, I think like, what did I miss all the other blessings, all the other things around me? What did I miss with my wife? What did I miss at the church? What did I miss in my life? Because um, not just, you know, being a, a minister or Christian aspect, but what did I miss? Cause I was so focused on what I didn't have and I didn't enjoy what was yeah. going on behind everything, like accomplishment and vacation was like that little hanging fruit. Like yeah. I still don't have this, you know, I still don't have that one thing that I thought, was going to make it, you know, a little bit better life better. And it's something I wanted so bad. And so sure. I, I just came out of that season, you know, nine months ago. And, and I, I know there's probably somebody listening who, whose situation in life right now is not good. Um, yeah. And whether they're follow, Christ follower or not, man, listen to those Paul's words. Cause Paul's writing that sitting in jail. Like you yeah. said, like, like he he's human, right? Very human. And, and yeah. he's beaten shipwrecked, basically probably poor at the, at this point, you know? And yeah. And, uh, I think it could be an encouragement for people, regardless if they're following Christ or not. Um, whatever your focus is or whatever you're, you you are focused on is going to really dictate how you feel and dictate your thought life. And what does Craig Rochelle always say? Whatever, wherever your thoughts go, the direction of your life goes. You yes. know, and I just think that's that's what Paul said thousands of years ago before Craig. But yeah, yeah, your your, your mentality is your reality. Right. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. What what you think is is what is real. And, right. and, you know, and, and I think a lot of times, man, like you said, we, we're, we're all guilty of that. We are all guilty of complaining and, and, and perspective is everything, you know, realizing, you know, so, so, okay. The music was a little loud on Sunday at church, but Hey man, we're worshiping God. We're, we're worshiping right. God through God's being worshiped through it or uh, you know, so what? So this guy was in church and he didn't really look like, what a person who goes to, which I don't even know what a person who goes to church, what they, what they're supposed to look like, but you know, but they're at church. Right. And so that that's where else would you want them to be? Right. I mean, I, I think in, in the grand scheme of things, I think so often um, it's like what we, what we think is so bad sometimes dominates the, the good things that we can pull right. from this. And as you said earlier, like you alluded to earlier, like as Christians, man, like, we have what we've been saved from right is so huge that our lives even in and i'm not saying you can't have a bad day and i i'm not saying that there aren't times where things are tough and hard and 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 you might even shed a tear over it but at the end of the day like zoom out just a little bit because as christians man that we're not called to sit around and mope and complain, man. We, we, we have more to be happy about and joyful about than anyone else in this world, right. you know? Yeah. And if we're not living out that joy or, 
you know, like you said, even Paul had bad days. Like he, you know, he had, I always think back to a thorn in his side. He's like, I got this thorn in my side. I pray that God takes it away. Like, and he said, yeah. I prayed multiple times. Like you, you can have a bad day and you can have a bad moment. You can have a bad hour and that's okay. And that's human. That's part of humanity. But at the end of the day, if our overarching life isn't joyful and it's not, we're not carriers of joy, as you could say, is how is someone going to look at us if you believe anything and be like, you know what? How is that news? If they're acting like that, how is the news of the gospel? How's the news of Jesus any better than what I'm already believing or what I'm already doing in my life? Yeah. You're like, if I'm a LeBron fan and I don't act like he's the greatest player of all time, yeah. why would you ever think that? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For absolutely. 100%. You know, I, I think I think the, the reality is, is that for Paul and Paul's story was that Paul wasn't the center of his story. Right. Yeah. Right? Jesus was. And and so. I think maybe that that might be the issue, right? I mean, for a lot of us who complain is that if Jesus was the center of our story, there'd probably be less complaints. Yeah. But at the at the at the middle or at the at the heart of every the core of every complaint is ourself. And so, right. Think about it. I mean, when we complain, we complain about things. We complain about stuff at our, at our church services, or we complain about, you know, that, you know, we we're in line and it's taken too long and everything, every complaint that we have is because of ourself, right? Right. Like we we're, (laughs) we want to, we want to get through there faster because it's about us. We want to, we want things done at church this way because it's about us. We want things the way that we want them because it's about us. And I think Paul is seeing like, if it was about Paul, he could look and say, Hey man, this jail that I'm in is awful. Like, and, and I got to think like jails back in Paul's day was much worse than they are now. Oh yeah. Right. And, and, and Paul is, Paul is there going, you know what? It isn't about me at the end of the day. Like it's about Jesus. And I think that's the key. And that, you know, it can kind of be said to like, Paul understood what his purpose was and what was his purpose, you know, to, to glorify God and all he did. And, you know, he wrote to, you know, the proper worship is to, you know, uh, to offer your body as a sacrifice, you know? So like you, what you're saying, like many of us think like our purpose in life is to get that new car, get that bigger house, get that dream life. But really at the end of the day, even in the mundane things, our purpose is to glorify God and part of glorify God is how, you know, living with that joy and not grumbling and not complaining. I love the, I love the first chapter of Philippians because Paul talks about, as you, as you said, he, he's in, he's in jail and he says uh, in verse 12 of chapter one, he says, I want you to know brothers and sisters that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Right. Yeah. And then he, and then he goes on verse 13, he says, as a result, it is clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Yeah, talk about perspective, right? Oh my gosh. Like, you know, you, you look at that and you say, Hey, he's a prisoner, right? Um, you know, chained to a Roman guard every single day. And it's a different one after so many hour shifts. Right. But for Paul, it's like an opportunity, right? Like, like he, he's like, I'm in prison. And we look at that and we go, that sounds terrible. That's and awesome. Paul looks at it and goes, you know, it may not be the greatest thing in the world, but what an awesome opportunity to share right. Jesus. Yeah. Because Paul saw it differently than we, because Paul wasn't the center of his story. Jesus right. was. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, there's an old preacher who used to say, when, when you're down to nothing, God's up to something. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, you, you have to kind of look at it from, you know, what are you chained to in life? What, what is it, you know, that you're chained to Paul was chained to a Roman guard. Right. And he saw it as an opportunity. Um, but, you know, I, I think so often we, we complain about things that, and we have to realize like, Hey, yeah. Okay. To the world that looks terrible. But because of my chains, Paul says, because of it, the gospels being advanced, right. I may not have this opportunity. Yeah, it's an opportunity. You know, the, the tough moments are those opportunities to really display your faith, you know, and like what Paul's saying right there, your chains are an opportunity. And that doesn't always make worldly sense, does it? No, it, it doesn't. It, no, I mean, but God's kingdom doesn't make earthly sense. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so when, when the world sees that, you know, nothing that Jesus, a lot of the things that Jesus said made, made a whole lot of sense to, to the normal person. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. right? Love, love your, love your enemies. The it world hurts. says, yeah. you know, hate your enemies, right. Yeah. Get revenge. Uh, you know, yeah. Jesus said, turn the other cheek, you know, yeah. Jesus, Jesus said, it's, it's actually better to give than, than to receive. And you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Cause it's, you know, we're supposed to receive. Right. And Jesus like, no, it's actually better the other way. You know? So Jesus right. was always saying things and talking about things that, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to us from that perspective. But, you know, uh, I love the way that you mentioned Craig Rochelle earlier. I love the way that he said it when he said, don't see the problem. He said, see the possibilities, Yeah. you know, and, and, and the problems that we see sometimes if we would just look at them for the possibilities that they are, um, you know, not looking for obstacles, but looking for opportunities. And you're not going to find the opportunities to Paul's point, complaining, grumbling, and jumping on social media. You're just, you're just, there's no way to find it, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just all that comes full circle because if your perspective is on that, then you can't find your opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know what? I love the way that, um, not to jump all over the place in the Bible, but I also love the way that like, you know, um, people like, like David, people like Solomon who get to the end of their life, right? Solomon is this guy who has everything he wanted in life. He had money, he had fame, he had power, he had pleasure, he had all of it. Right. And he gets to the end of his life and he's like, you know what? And you can find this in Ecclesiastes. He's like, none of this stuff like ever did anything for me. You know, at the end of the day, God was the, was the only thing that fulfilled me. And, and so when we look back and, and, and we look around and, 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 uh, and maybe that should be our challenge for today. Like, like almost like we need to start and I'm sure somebody has already done this, but like, we need to like have this hashtag. I won't complain for like 30 days or something (laughs) and where just for 30 days, even myself, I might even challenge myself that like for 30 days, man, just, I'm not going to complain. Right. And that's going to be really hard because we're in September and the Reds are in a playoff race right now. Yeah, dude, you're right there. Uh, you know, so, so how do I, how do I not complain about certain things, but, but maybe that's what it should be, you know, and not just, you know, cause I see all the, all the time people, maybe they wait for this till like in November because of Thanksgiving and uh, well, yeah. month they're thankful for some, and that's great. Right. But Paul says, and, and we'll get ready to wrap this up. Cause I know you're busy, but Paul says, Paul says, do everything everything without arguing and complaining yeah. and take yourself out of the center and place Jesus in the center, seeing every problem as a possibility, every obstacle as an opportunity. 
And I think if we did that, if we had less complaining in our world, our world would be a better place. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and myself included. People who are listening to this. People who are listening to this, I make it sound like I'm the I'm the only one that doesn't complain. I really do a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get that out there. I have a complainer, big yeah, a big complainer. <laughs> My wife listening, she'll call call you up and tell you. <laughs> but 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 true story. Um, man, if we just saw things differently, you know, um, and, and and as I said before, I'm I'm one of these people who I'm really good at pointing out other things that, that people like people drive me nuts when they complain. And then my wife's like, yeah, but you complain too, babe. Don't forget. That's what wives are good for. And you know, you married the right one when she's going to call you out, man. Yeah. So people always like, if you have a good sermon, don't, trust me, my wife will let me know by Monday how great I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, man. So if there is one, if there was one thing that you could say to maybe someone who is tempted to complain today, and you could, and, and Nathan, you could give one piece of advice to somebody. What, what would your, what would your piece of advice be to somebody listening today? Who's just tempted to just like overflow with complaints right now? Yeah, I think, you know, what I would go with my, my tweetable moment, as they say, yes, would be, you know, and the steal from someone else. It's not original to me, but whatever gets your focus is going to steal your perspective. It takes your perspective or it gets your perspective. Like what I guess I'm trying to say is whatever you're going to focus on is how your day is going to play out. Um, and, and no matter what you're going through, no matter, you know, um, how bad or good it is, whatever you focus on is going to get that attention and it's going to flow out of you. Um, so whatever you're focused on is going to flow out of you and it's going to flow to your kids, it's going to flow to your wife, going to flow to your friends, going to flow to your work. Um, and you get to decide, are you going to focus on you? Are you going to focus on Christ? And uh, like Paul said, so that's awesome, bro. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you jumping on. This has been something we've been working on now for like months. It has been, dude. It's... And and we we squeezed it in. I told you, I was like, hey, we got to get this in before uh, you have a baby because when you have a baby, it's gonna take a lot of your time, man. So yeah, and it, so you got the thirty day challenge. So like first thirty day, the you know, first twenty of it, I'm gonna have the baby to be awesome. Yeah. And then ten days into it, I'm gonna be at home with the crown baby. <laughs> how much i'm complaining <laughs> when it when the baby gets up in the middle of the night and uh you, there's like when when we had and i have three kids when we had um our first kid um my wife kind of looked at me in the middle of the night when the baby started crying yeah and we kind of looked at each other like i wonder who the first person is going to be to get up like i'm hoping it's the other person that gets up yeah. and the baby. um yeah in those moments where you really want to complain because all you want to do is sleep right um there you go, man. It's going to be one of those moments for you. Who's, who's going to change the diaper? Um, well, I think, you know, she carried the baby for nine months, so I got the first few. Awesome. How about that? Perfect. <laughs> we'll, we'll go after after 10. We'll, we'll come back and see. <laughs> Hashtag girl dad. Hashtag girl dad. I'm looking forward to it, man. Well, yeah. thanks for having me on, dude. Uh, yeah, thanks, for, thanks for stopping by, man. Praying for you. Praying for your uh, your family. Praying that everything goes well. Uh, with, with with the baby and uh, your wife and uh, man praying for your ministry I know God's doing some big things with you there in Rising Sun bro so if you ever need anything reach out to me alright absolutely thank you alright bro we'll see you later see you, man. this has been a Behind the Micah podcast thanks for tuning in make sure you check us out next week and remember we're always striving to love God love others and serve both